0: This podcast is brought to you by MonthlyChallenge.fit. It's like Weight Watchers better help and the biggest loser had a baby. Check it out, MonthlyChallenge.fit. Today on episode number 235, I'm still reading the book about the person that lost 400 pounds. We're gonna talk about restaurants today. Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast where we take a no-nonsense approach to weight loss. You know where you are now, and you know where you want to be. The new you begins today. Let's go. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it thin. I want to try it thin. But I can't buy it. yes I'll have Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the school of podcasting.com And if you're new to the show, look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a trainer. I'm just a person like you trying to lose some weight. And I got to tell you, I started off great this week. i uh, If you're new to the show, I used to uh, i record this in an office separate from my house. And I used to live about two blocks away, and now I live about eight. And I've still been walking to my office. It's a nice 20-minute walk. And by walking there and walking home, I've been getting my steps in. And here's a novel idea. When I get my steps in and I keep my calories where they're supposed to be, I lose weight. And uh, this last weekend, my wife and I usually end up going to the movies or other things that basically don't lead to weight loss. And I said, let's do something active. And to make a long story short, we went bowling. And you, you want to hear something really weird. I mean, I used to bowl all the time as a teenager, and I've been bowling in a long time, and I'm, I'm sniffing 50 these days. I'm in my late 40s, and uh, bowled four games, and already by game three, my legs started to hurt. Like an idiot, I didn't stop. That was my body saying, hey, idiot, you haven't done this in a while. You might want to take it easy. And so basically, when I woke up the next day, my knee, like going up and down the stairs, was just—I could barely walk, basically. And so I ended up sitting around the whole weekend— And so all the great progress I'd made during the week went right down the tubes. And, um, so what do we learn from that? Well, and I've done this before, you know, when you start any kind of physical activity, don't start off riding 10 miles. Don't start off bowling four games, maybe bowl two, or here's a novel idea. When your body says, Hey, I'm not digging this. Maybe you ought to listen to it. And, uh, so that's good. I'm, uh, still on the Mountain Dew bandwagon. So that's good. And, um, I'm reading this book called Impossible, How I Lost Nearly 400 Pounds Without Surgery. And I've been reading this book and just sharing my thoughts on this. It's a great book uh, written by a guy who also is not a doctor or a trainer. And he starts off a, the chapter on priorities. And he says there's a quote here from Steve Jobs that he said during a commencement speech that he was doing. And, of course, Steve Jobs, the uh, now deceased uh, head of Apple Computers, said, remember, now he said this when he knew he was going to die, basically. He had uh, pancreatic cancer. Remember that you're going to die, remembering that you're going to die is the best way I know to avoid the trap of thinking you have something to lose. And he, when you think about that, you know, we are, it's kind of weird, you don't think about it a lot, but I am going to die. Eventually, someday, I'm going to be worm food. And so there's a spot in here where he talks about According to the World Bank, whatever that is, the basic lifespan, um, let's see here. The, yeah, the average life expectancy in the United States, what do you think that is? Because like my grandma lived to be in her 90s. Uh, I think my grandpa made it to 80-something. My dad was 80-something. But the average lifespan is 78 years not about you. Uh, that means I got 29 years left. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm 49. And if I look back 29 years to when I was 20, that seemed like a week ago. So it's going to go quick. And so it's one of those questions you have to ask yourself. You know, I'm going to get older much quicker than I had expected. And so it is kind of spooky. I guess I'm not here to scare the bejesus out of everybody. But the last time I checked, I can't stop time. And it's going to get here really fast. And I'm going to go, oh, man, I wish I would have exercised. I wish I would have eaten better. And so here the author was in the, uh, the hospital. He had basically what he thought was a heart attack, but it wasn't. And they couldn't even do test on him because he was over 500 pounds and he really thought he was just going to die. And they finally came in and said, no, no, there's what's going on. It's not your heart, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, once he realized he wasn't going to die, he said, from that point forward, everything else in his life ceased to matter. He said, I no longer cared about what other people thought about me. I no longer cared about my career, how I looked, what I wore, if people talked about me, I didn't care how much money I made or didn't make. I didn't care what anyone else did or didn't do. All that mattered was staying alive. Like Steve Jobs says in that commencement video, and I'll put a link to that. I'll look that up. It's on YouTube. It's a really great speech. He says, death has a way of, of doing this to you, to making you just go, you know what? I don't care about that. Um, he says, you realize what matters. Everything else washes away and none of it matters. So what of it, What motivates me? He says, the will to live. I'm not done with my life yet, and I want more. And he says, this needs to be you. And of course, we all think, well, I just need to stop eating. But we don't. I don't know why. Maybe we think we all have tomorrow to do it. But in the end... You know, I can sit here, really I record this podcast for me. I'm really talking to me and I can give me information and I can be supportive and I, I know the way to go, I know what to do. But I there's only one person that can do this for me and there's only one person that can do it for you. You can't have your best friend do your exercise. You know, there there and we need to realize that the gimmicks don't work, the fads, living off frozen dinners, starvation right now my wife is basically starving herself and i keep saying honey that's not going to work i mean i'm proud of her she's lost 10 pounds but it's it's not going to work so how does someone change you change because you you know not me um not and not anything anyone else did because you reach a point where you can't take it anymore Uh, We have heard many, many stories where people have that rock-bottom moment where they couldn't fit in a chair or they couldn't play with their children or whatever it is, and we're all headed that way, but you have to arrive at that point. There's nothing you can say to them to get them to change. There's just nothing. They have to come to that point, and so... In the book, the author talks about he would sit there in the hospital where he was really just stuck in bed for a while while they were running these tests. He couldn't really take much of a bath, um, and he just said, no more. He said he would literally scream out, no more, never again, nothing, no more. And so he, he says, no one could tell me anything to make me change my lifestyle before I hit rock bottom and almost died. There was not a thing in the world anyone could do or say it was only when I decided to make it all happen that it was going to happen. And he says, and that goes the same for you. He says, one final thing. If somebody has a bunch of weight, has lost a bunch of weight in the past, and then they gained it all back, please don't say to that person, well, you did it before, you can do it again. You know what works. And he points out, if they gained it all back again, it didn't work. And that's what I'm, i I love kind of that stuff in this book. That's just like, you know what? Uh, yeah, you lost the weight, but you gained it back. Well, it didn't work. In the end, it didn't work. That was not the goal. Now, it's impressive, but it's not something that uh, maybe you should be so proud of. And so he goes into a whole thing about he uses his rage. And it sounds weird to get angry. And he says, who do we get angry at? No, you don't get angry at at yourself for letting yourself get that way. That's not very helpful. Maybe you, you don't get mad at people that have said things for you. He, he gets mad at the food industry. And he said, what's interesting about this, he goes, the food industry should be locked up. He says, but for some reason, they're allowed to continually to rip people off. I'm going to add something in here right now at this point. Think about the shake weight. Have you seen those commercials, right? You just right shake weight. And somehow this weight's supposed to be myster- But yet nobody... Why aren't people suing them? And that's kind of what he says. He said, it is 100% truth that the weight loss industry is the only industry that sells a product that when it doesn't work, the consumer blames themselves. No responsibility is ever shared by the company that created the ripoff product that doesn't work. And um, he says, people are so desperate for a quick fix. They're so desperate for the easy way out. They're willing to believe anything, including a shake weight. I don't know why I'm picking on the shake weight today. Um, he says, but, uh, and he says, basically people will believe anything. And he says, and when I mean anything, I mean anything. He says, you see the commercials, you see the famous football player on TV telling you how much weight he lost and how great he feels. He says, you see the, the ripped muscle guy on TV using some stupid machine that you can buy for four easy payments. And you think, hey, that could be me. And he says, it's not going to be you. It won't be you ever. I don't know about that, but I get his point. He says, um, you you think about all the diets, the infomercials, the books, the pills, the machines. He says, do people really think there is such a thing as a fat-burning pill? Um, There isn't. And he says, the interesting thing is that what sucks so much about this whole thing he says what so what sucks so much about this whole thing is not only are people's money being stolen but that their hope is being taken away people are suffering in an overweight prison and feel so desperate for something anything to help them lose weight um and they buy this trash he says he says that's the tragedy if any other industry released a product with a 90% failure rate the product would be taken off the market the company sued out of existence and their owners arrested and put in jail. So it's kind of interesting. He, he, he hasn't come to the point here. Well, he does come to the point because you're like, okay, well, well, what works? And his thing, and this is what's a little radical, but it's something to think about and it's something I'm going to start tracking and I'm going to start putting it in um, something that I want to cut back on because he has a good point, And that is restaurant addiction. And he says, literally, he says, look, he he talks about how he considers himself a food addict. And he says for him to go to a restaurant is like somebody that, you know, is addicted to drugs, like let's say crack, uh, goes to a crack house. He says, but there's something to, to think about here. And that is restaurant owners don't care about serving you anything remotely healthy. They don't care about the quality of the food. They only care about how it tastes. And they don't care about limiting your intake. On the contrary, they want you to eat as much as possible. And they're keeping an eye not on your health, but on their food costs. And since their goal is to get you to spend as much as possible, that means serving you as much food as cheaply as possible that tastes as good as possible. And for most people, tasting good means sugar, salt, and fat, and as much of that as possible. And of course, none of those are really good for you. Um, now he says, so like an alcoholic doesn't belong in a bar. He says, I don't belong in a restaurant. I do not begrudge anyone in the restaurant, uh, their restaurant experience. He says, I'm the one with the problem. And he says, if you think about it, um, you know, everyone is laughing. They're having a good time. The server's bringing you anything you want, as much as you want. Um, and when you're in that situation, self-control melts away. And I know there are restaurants I go to. That I look forward to the bread and I'm really almost full before my meal even gets there. And, um, you know, who keeps track in a restaurant? Are you sitting there with your, my fitness pal out? Uh, it's usually afterwards. And I've been doing this. It's hard to go into a restaurant and not walk out without blowing 800, 900, 1200 calories. Um, even if you go to something like Chipotle and you get three crispy chicken tacos with, you know, just, uh, the chicken, some salsa, maybe a little bit of lettuce. It's amazing. And the amount of salt that is in that, I've talked about that before. And he says, I know there are things like graduations, there's weddings, there are business lunches, there's business dinners that you just can't get out of. And he says, and when you have to go to those things, be sure to talk to the waiter. And I just did this at the Olive Garden. Um, I hate the Olive Garden Um you know, and, and I went in, we asked for uh, the dressing on the side for that, and we wanted the low-fat dressing. Um, I had them basically make a pasta uh, dish with marinara sauce, not uh, any kind of meat sauce, and the and then I had grilled chicken on top of it. And then we asked uh, if they were going to bring us breadsticks because my stepson loves breadsticks. Um you know, make them without salt because those are basically salt sticks. Now, those are better, bad choices. But I I was like, can we please go someplace else? Because that place is just insane. And um, so he points out, and this was my experience growing up, but I thought it was just because I was poor. But we didn't go out to eat a whole lot. I I think I can count on one hand the number of my time, the number of times my entire family went to like let's put on a tie and let's go out to eat kind of thing. And I guess that's part of it. There's, they call it casual dining now. And it is, it's not that big a deal, but um, we, he said his solution, he goes, for those people that go, look, I, I have to go to restaurants. He said, you're allowed to eat out four times a year, no more. And there are people that will say that's impossible. I'll dry up. I'll blow away. I have to tell people no. And um, he says, he goes, it's, it's perfect. Four times a year about covers your special occasions because that's enough for weddings, graduations, a Thanksgiving or a business dinner or a luncheon uh, that you can't get out of four times. No more. And I'm telling you, I eat out four times a month, if not more than that, uh, not four times a week. I'm not that bad, but I'm definitely, you know, there's always one on the weekend. So there's four right there. And then probably once during the week. So I'm probably at eight. And, um, you know, just as a restaurant decides your portion size and the contents of your food, what if your boss dictated to you how much you would be paid? What if you had no say? Um, you have to maintain control. And that's his whole problem. He says, when you're at a restaurant, you really are very easily spun out of control. And he says, whether it's the instant gratification, the ability to have anything you want at any time, or just the convenience of, of people serving you food. People love drive throughs and they love delivery drivers. They love restaurants. He goes, there's only one problem. You are killing yourself at restaurants. He says, sure. We ultimately pull the trigger. I mean, we're the ones putting the fork in our mouth. He goes, but the restaurant loads the gun. He says, for someone who has a weight problem, everything about a restaurant feeds into our out-of-control lifestyle. The gigantic portions, the free refills, the buffets. Oh, don't get me started on buffets. He goes, it's a recipe for disaster. And people will sit and consume 1,000 calories of breadsticks before their meal even arrives. And then later in the book, let me find my notes here. So I'm really liking this book. And again, it's not really telling me anything I didn't know. He says that the problem is that your food there, it just sucks. And he says, it's really what it is. It's slow acting poison. And I went, you know, uh, I think he's got a point there. Really, if you think about it. So yeah, the food sucks. It's high in sodium, it's full of fat, it's full of sugars, and um, he says. And look, I'm not a fat Nazi. He says there is such a thing as healthy fats. He goes, but these are not in the food. There, he says. Uh, he says, or how about the food vending machines? Six hundred calories for a honey bun. He says, are you serious? He says, what 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 are you eating? You're eating garbage. He says, and delivery pizzas more slow acting poison. He goes, it all. Sucks. You need to be in charge of your food, and he says that it's not so much that food is bad for you, or that it's high in fat and calories and sodium. He goes, it's just your food sucks. He puts it in giant letters here. The quality's bad. You're not getting anything in return for the hit on your waistline, and he goes, there's better food to be had, but you're going to have to make it yourself. At least you'll know what you put in it and in restaurants you don't. So it's something that's got me thinking that, you know, cause really uh, I can do great during the week. And then on the weekends I fall apart. And what happens, where am I usually at on the weekends? You guessed it. I'm, I'm having some, some family time at a restaurant. Well, why not make family time cooking the meal together? You chop this up. I'm going to, you know, do this. You set the table, you pour the milk you stir that while I do this. You could make it a, a activity and make it. I don't know if it would be fun, but it would be more of a team effort. And so it's something I'm going to watch. It's something I'm going to start maintaining, kind of a uh, an idea of. I have been uh, already tracking how often I go to fast food places: Wendy's, McDonald's, Burger King. That's already down. That is already down. And, um, so like I said, things were going the last month or so, uh, things have been headed in the right direction this last weekend, not so much. Um, and again, I've, I've basically given up soda. So, because there's another thing that's just no calories, but something to think about. And I've said in the past, I know one of the biggest, uh, excuses of using a restaurant is why I don't have time to cook. And I said, if we really thought about that, uh, for me to go to the Olive Garden, I have to drive about 10 minutes. And then you have to wait in line if they're busy on a weekend. And then you wait for the waitress to get you. And then uh, she brings you your drinks. And then you have to wait for it again to come back to take your order. And, you know, then they bring you the salad. And then finally, 20 minutes later, you get your food. You know, and then you have to wait for them to bring the check. And then you have to drive home. And by the time you've done that, you could have cooked two or three meals. So the time issue, nah, come on. that's We, we know that's BS. Now, it is fun to sit back there's no dishes. So here's a thought on that. And uh, I was talking uh, with Christine, she's a member of the Logical Losers Club, our accountability club. And if you really hate doing dishes, here's a novel idea. Buy paper plates or buy fake plastic plates, buy plastic silverware. It's really not that expensive. Is it a waste of money? Yeah. You know, you could save money by, you know, doing your dishes. But if you really hate doing the dishes, isn't it money better spent to cook your own meals at home, put them in the freezer? That's what Christine was talking about on tonight's call is she cooks things ahead of time, puts it in the freezer. So those nights when you don't want to cook, you just take something that you made, that you put together, you know what's in it, and you pull it out and you heat it up. And, um, you know... Isn't that money better spent? Isn't that time better spent? And if you really hate doing the dishes, then buy stuff that you can throw away. And I think in the end, you'll find that that is a better solution than relaxing in a restaurant. You can come home, nuke up whatever you had in the, uh, the freezer, throw away your dishes, and then maybe not kick back on the couch. Maybe go for a, a walk. Or go bowling. I just don't recommend four games if you haven't been bowling in about 15 years. My right leg is killing me. So that is going to do it. Uh, Would love your input. You can always call. It's 888-563-3228. That's always deeply appreciated. And before we get out the door, I wanted to say a very huge special thanks to Sherry Smith. Uh, She is the producer of this episode. She went out to logicalloss.com forward slash support. And uh, donate to the show. That's always deeply appreciated. It helps cover the, uh, the cost of the show. And uh, if you didn't hear last week, I had a horrific week where um, it's a case where the show, m- most of my shows, I-, I do this show, I do the School of Podcasting, I do Weekly Web Tools, I do uh, Feeding My Faith, I do a bunch of shows. And I had them all under one hosting account. Basically, I had all my eggs in one basket. And that's fine as long as you're not super popular But some of my shows are getting popular. And uh, my web host said, uh, you are causing too much of a strain on our stuff. And they shut me down for about three days. And so I had to upgrade to stuff that's a little more expensive. And uh, so if you find the show useful, uh, please go out to logicalloss.com. You can click on the Amazon banner. That doesn't cost you anything extra and anything you buy, anything you buy there. um, I earn a small commission on that. Or you can do what Sherry did. Sherry, thank you so much for your generous donation. Uh, She just went out to LogicalLoss.com forward slash donate and uh, clicked on the button and sent me something via PayPal. So thank you so much. It does help pay for stuff like that. And um, I'm glad you find value in that. So next week, my plan is to be down. I've had two weeks where I've kind of been just floating here. I'm happy that I was up and then I was down, but I've been floating. And so I'm saying right now, Uh, Next week, I am going to be down. I'm going to have my leg back in business. I'm going to be walking back and forth to work. And even today, I didn't walk to work because it was raining. Well, you know, there are these things called umbrellas. And um, the reason I didn't use that this morning is it was basically a monsoon. But if I could get just rain, I would walk in the rain because that was really working. And it was kind of a a cool way to start the day. You know, I'd get to work and I had to get up a little earlier because I had to walk But by the time I got to my desk, I was happy because I had already taken a step in the right direction towards having good health. So uh, I'm looking forward to keeping that trend going, and I hope you're developing your own special trends to get things going in the right direction. So I want to remind you that, you know, if things aren't going in the right direction, well, welcome to the club. But the good news is, yeah, you can't rewrite the beginning of your story, but there's plenty of time to rewrite the ending and there's no better time to start than right now. So thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you again real soon with another episode of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. Well I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. If you're listening to this on a website, please consider subscribing to us for free in iTunes by going to logicalloss.com forward slash iTunes. You can contact me via email by sending an email to Dave at logicalloss.com or call in your comments toll-free. You can sign up for our free newsletter and participate in our forums at our website, which is LogicalLoss.com Our theme music is courtesy of SkinnySongs.com Thanks again for listening You know, they say knowledge is power Knowledge is only power when it's acted upon You can do this Live right, lose weight, live long I just wanna be thin I don't deny it, thin I wanna try it, thin can't buy it guess i'll have to dip the d- diet then, I'll tell you lies. then I won't kill you like then i'm smaller size then i realize i guess i'll have to exert